Welcome to episode three of Colorado Water Talk. We have an interesting and somewhat controversial topic to discuss today, and that is demand management. I'm Eric Skye, joined today by my colleague, Sarah Leonard. Thanks, Eric. If you're interested in Colorado water issues, which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, then you might have noticed the increased news and editorial coverage of demand management over the past few weeks. The recent hype started when the New York Times ran a piece titled, Wall Street Eyes Billions in the Colorado's Water, which incorrectly suggested that private investors will have the opportunity to start purchasing private property in Colorado for its water rights, and that water will become a commodity in an open market. And this is false. Right. The focus of the article is speculation, something that the state is actively focused on through its anti-speculation law work group that Governor Polis directed the Department of Natural Resources to form with the goal of analyzing and strengthening existing anti-speculation law. And secondly, the Denver Post published a guest column with the headline, Western Slope Needs to Suspend Irrigation to Advert Water Shortage Catastrophe. Oh, why? That sounds a wee bit sensationalized. Yeah, absolutely. On no account should we suspend irrigation in Colorado. And the article spreads false information using an alarmist tone. For example, we do not expect, as the article states, being, in quote, perilously close to disaster within the next year. Additionally, agriculture would not be the only industry that would qualify for a potential demand management program if one were set up. So just to give the listeners a little bit of context, what exactly is demand management and what do we know about it right now? So at the most basic level, we can define demand management as temporary, voluntary, and compensated reductions in consumptive water use. And we are specifically talking about the Colorado River Basin here. Colorado has been looking into, or should I say investigating, a potential program like this for almost two years now, with the ultimate goal of protecting Colorado water and its users by proactively conserving water for compact compliance needs down the road. And even with just that general overview, you can already tell it's really complicated. It is. We haven't yet determined uh, what a program would look like or if it's even feasible for the state of Colorado. So it's easy for misinformation and speculation to circulate. So to provide some more background and update listeners on where we are today, we have CWCB's Interstate, Federal, and Water Information Deputy Section Chief, also known as our Colorado River guru, Amy Ostick. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Thanks, Sarah. I'm happy to be here today to talk a little bit about demand management. Um, I think you already did a really great job of defining it, and it can get confusing really quickly. So I think it's important to start by clearly distinguishing what we're talking about from other concepts of demand management. Sometimes it's referred to in terms of conservation or cutbacks, um, but in this context, it's really a term of art. We're referring specifically to a potential program that could be set up pursuant to the 2019 Drought Contingency Plan. That was a suite of agreements designed to provide additional security to the entire Colorado River Basin. In the Upper Basin, our goal was to add additional planning tools that could help us protect our water and our water users, including the Demand Management Storage Agreement. And this agreement gives the upper basin states, which include Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming, the ability to store water in Lake Powell and certain other reservoirs, up to 500,000 acre feet. This water could only be released at the direction of those upper basin states and only for the purpose of ensuring compliance with the 1922 Colorado River Compact. And this is a really big deal because without the storage agreement, if we were to store water in Lake Powell, we would probably have to sit down to the lower basin states of Arizona, California, and Nevada due to the operational rules currently in place. So you could say it's an opportunity to have control of our own destiny. 
Yeah, exactly. It's also important to note that pursuant to the storage agreement, all the upper basin states in the Colorado Basin would have to determine that it would be feasible to set up a demand management program before we could actually set one up. So Colorado can't go it alone. And the first step in the process is for each state, including Colorado, to consider the question of whether demand management may be feasible. So even if all the upper basin states determine it is feasible, we would still need to do the difficult work of actually standing up a program. Exactly. And there are a lot of decisions that would need to be made about how that program would actually function. So in Colorado, uh, the Colorado Water Conservation Board is leading the charge of the feasibility investigation and hit the ground running with the 2019 work plan, which was aimed at identifying the key threshold issues associated with demand management. It involved a significant public outreach and engagement process, and we formed eight work groups to consider uh, all the various issues related to demand management. Once that work was done, we compiled all of the great reports and everything that came out of that and used that to lay out the next steps. Uh, To that end, our board adopted the step two work plan in November of 2020, and we've been working to implement it ever since. So what are the biggest components of the step two work plan? One big part of this work plan is development of a draft framework concept, which is kind of like a straw man of what a demand management program could look like. Using all the great work that came out of the 2019 work plan, we're now working with a consultant team to develop potential program structures or designs. I want to be really clear that this is not a demand management program, but rather a tool for discussion. So once we have some potential program designs, we can look at what might work and what might not work with the ultimate goal of determining whether demand management may be feasible from Colorado's perspective. So as we move forward with the step two work plan, there are several important principles that will continue to guide us. First and foremost, demand management would only be a program set up by the state and for the benefit of the entire state and its water users. The purpose would be to create additional security for the whole state and to avoid mandatory and uncompensated shutdowns of water use. The hope is that a properly designed program would provide water users with more flexibility, the ability to just temporarily use less water and get paid for doing so if they decide it makes sense for their individual operations. That could mean people are more likely to be able to stay in production in the years they want to. So what would we consider to be a properly designed program? A properly designed program would be one that aligns with Colorado's values. For example, a program that is good for water users in the communities they live in, a program that does not adversely impact one sector or portion of the state. Any program should be designed with agricultural viability in mind. In other words, putting an end to irrigated agriculture on the West Slope is the last thing we want to do. In fact, one of the very goals of a demand management program would be to avoid that. And we may also see environmental, recreational, and other benefits along the way. And then Amy, just one more question, and it feels really silly to have to ask this, but is demand management a for sure thing? Absolutely not, Eric. I'm glad that you asked that. Demand management is not a foregone conclusion. There are a lot of things that would have to happen before we set up a program. And right now we're only in the the first phase, which is the feasibility investigation of whether a program might be achievable, worthwhile, and advisable from Colorado's perspective. Thank you, Amy. And also, we encourage listeners to read the guest column by our director, Becky Mitchell, who also serves as the Colorado River Commissioner for the state, which was recently published in the Denver Post. It focuses on correcting some of the misinformation out there. And we've included a link in our episode notes. And a couple more things before you go. Following the January 2021 CWCB board meeting, some of our colleagues held a virtual Riverside chat for all interested Coloradans to walk through where the state is at with the Colorado Water Plan updating process. And that is scheduled for release in 2022. 
And in her role as Colorado River Commissioner, Becky Mitchell has joined representatives from the seven Colorado River Basin states to begin discussions regarding upcoming negotiations of the operational guidelines for Lakes Powell and Mead. The states will be working closely with the U.S. Department of Interior and Bureau of Reclamation in the process, and CWCB will continue providing updates as they happen. And if you're interested in attending upcoming meetings or Basin Roundtables, check out our calendar under public information at cwcb.colorado.gov. And that's it for the third episode of Colorado Water Talk. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned for next month's podcast featuring wildfire recovery efforts. <music>